Eight. An eight. Chris, today the design challenge we will be taking upon ourselves is one added by Peter Dillman, a recent guest on the podcast. And he proposed that we design an interesting shop. Oh, like Costco? I think that's what he had in mind, yes. Hello and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. Andy, we are now like six episodes or so, maybe seven, into season two. So I just wanted to check with you on air. Like, how are you feeling about season two? I am feeling very good about season two. You know, in one way, it's what we're doing is not enormously different than what we used to. I mean, each each episode, we roll a random topic and then basically wind up discussing it. But I think it yeah. really helps me personally to have like an assignment attached to that topic. Mm-hmm. In this case, the assignment of create something, some sort of tangible gaming artifact. It helps me as I discuss it to be a little bit more focused. What about you? Yeah, no, I like it too. Yeah, I think we, we've been talking a little bit about maybe uh, what do we do with these after we're done, right? So we sort of finish and it's like, well, I guess take that and run with it if you want to. <laughs> but yeah. I think we have some ideas for, you know, like, how do we take maybe a handful of these and maybe do an actual play or something about them? So yeah, um, I'm putting that out there as, so you listeners, if you can if you can think of a good way that we can actually use these things, uh, let us know. I want to I want to try to do that, I think, into the future. Because <laughs> I mean, like, they're, they're not like 100% solid gold ideas every time, but I think they're also pretty good. And it's a, it's a shame to just have them languish within these podcast episodes. Okay, so Andy, before we get into the topic, though, I did want to ask you, is there anything that you've been doing, you know, gaming or media wise that you want to talk about? Oh, Chris, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, because uh, the answer is yes. I have recently watched a couple of things that have gotten my gaming, my jamming gears going. Mm. One relates closely to a recent topic on this podcast. I just watched a horror movie called The Deep House. Which is, uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a relatively uh, low budget horror film. And the premise is just that it follows a couple of like YouTube vloggers or influencers or whatever the term is who like explore haunted places and stuff. And they dive into this lake in some creepy corner of Europe where there is like a well-preserved house down at the bottom of the lake. And because uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it was flooded due to some like a dam being opened or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is because a couple of episodes ago, we talked about uh, making an underwater adventure. And mm-hmm. I can confirm from watching this movie that taking a really mundane and cliched environment, and you know, a creepy old house and putting mm-hmm. it underwater that uh, dramatically reinvents that space as a cool place to explore. Um, Interesting. So, is, it, is this just like a standard run-of-the-mill house down there, or is it... Uh, it's a creepy house, I'd say. Okay, yeah. It, it's, you, you've seen it in, you know, every horror movie that has a house that you're supposed to be a little bit scared of, or where the house mm-hmm. is a little bit of a, of, is kind of a character in the film as well. Mm-hmm. It's got creepy stuff. People have left, you know, creepy dolls. It has a old piano. <laughs> of has, course, yeah. <laughs> has creepy paintings on the walls, you know. But it's yeah. st- totally standard horror fare. And if you filmed the exact same movie, except they were just walking through the house, it would not be exciting. But this... yeah. Just with that gimmick of being underwater, the entire movie is literally them just going from room to room and being amazed or scared at what they find in each room. Yeah, so I guess you know me, I guess, is this a movie that I should watch or is this a movie that I should uh, just maybe read the Wikipedia 
um, plot summary and move on with my life. It's not it's not super scarring or super hardcore. There's not really? much in the way of gore or stuff like that. And I would say, you know, it's a it's a competent but not amazing piece mm-hmm. of horror film. I think you might enjoy just seeing even if you just watch 10 minutes of it. You would get yeah. a quickly get a sense of how an environment is changed and looks different. You know, mm-hmm. when you change the kind of the laws of physics that govern it a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to have to check that out, I think. The main thing you'll learn is that creepy dolls that live in all horror houses. I mean, they're pretty creepy when they're like sitting on a chair and mm-hmm. but they're even creepier when they like float up over your behind your shoulder while you're swimming. Yeah. I don't like, let's put, I want to put everybody on blast who owns one of those creepy dolls. Like, <laughs> like what, why? Right. Like, what, like, you know, so, I mean, it's not, not everyone who bought those bought it ironically. Right. Like I think <laughs> nowadays you'd get one of those things and be like, yes, this is, this is hilarious. It's this creepy doll and I like hide it in the closet something, but it's like, you know, back then, I mean, it's not like it just suddenly became creepy. Like they were terrifying back then too. <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, I have one other quick thing, uh, Chris. Oh, can I just, before we move on, I, I want to say I love the setup for that movie. A genre of YouTube video that I enjoy quite a bit is the like, let's go break into the abandoned whatever. Yeah. Um, And like just film ourselves sort of walking around in there. I think as a GM, it can give you a lot of good, um, like, yeah, good gameplay material just for like, it is actually really scary and invigorating to go someplace that you're not supposed to just walk around, have almost no interactions whatsoever, and then leave, (laughs) leave the place. There's one video in particular, I might try to find it for the show notes, where they break into like a, it's like an abandoned Russian bomb shelter or something, but it's like a pretty big one. So they get in there and there's like stacked up like supplies and stuff too in there. So, you know, these ancient like boxes, like shoes and like rations and stuff like that. You know, so that, like that part's super fun, but the way that they get in, they they do have to crawl through like a a, a pipe to get in. So it's like this really narrow <laughs> passage, and just you know, the whole time I'm watching, I'm going like, nope, 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 I'm not gonna do it, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's good. That's so, wonderful. Okay. I digress, but that's it's a fun fun genre video. Yeah, actually, please share that. I'd be I'd be kind of interested. I okay. am not really yeah. familiar with this as a genre of uh, on YouTube. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I'm gonna blow your mind pretty soon. Then yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll drop a couple things in the show notes. One other thing that this movie made me realize, which is is you, a thing you can pull off in a movie that's really hard to do in a game, but a whole lot of the movie was just going into a room and being like, whoa, that's creepy or whoa, that's cool. Just the kind of the thrill of, of exploring something like you say, like the mm-hmm. abandoned bunker. There's no monsters in there. There's nothing going to attack you. Uh, and in this movie, you know, nothing really starts attacking people until like an hour in. Most of the movie is just floating into an area and then marveling at how cool it is, basically. Mm-hmm. I suspect most GMs wish we could make just that act of exploring cool places more fun in itself without having to fill it up with, quote, encounters. Hmm. When is the last time, and like, we're, we're totally getting off topic, but I'm wondering, like, when's the last time you asked a player or allowed players to, in character, react to a room? I don't think I've ever really, you know, explicitly done that yeah. tell me a little bit more about where I, guess, going. I guess i'm thinking right like so the thing that you mentioned right they go into this room and then all of them react in some way right they're influencers right so i'm sure it's like you know they're talking to their subscribers or whatever yeah but i mean i'm wondering like you know if in character if you if you ask your players to to either like describe the room and then ask them to describe what their characters are thinking or actually have their characters say something out loud yeah out loud to the party i think that might be a, a fun way of both allowing people to role play a little bit but then also like 
allowing the the space to fill out with more detail yeah as well like if you mention that there's a stairwell in there like someone can point out like oh i wonder if that goes down to the whatever room or up to the whatever room you know like that you know so there's there's some i think description stuff like that but then also if there are elements of that room that you know people can either invent on the fly or otherwise connect to connect back to their characters it could be a fun role-playing moment that actually sounds like a fantastic idea and i will try to remember to do that next time i'm running a game where that would be appropriate (laughs) yeah all right i'm gonna stop there because i don't want to keep derailing us before we get to our topic are you sitting on anything you wanted to chat about before we jump into the topic at hand oh well i mean uh, i don't want to turn this into an elden ring podcast but that's mostly (laughs) what i've been doing for the past (laughs) past while uh the the one thing i did want to say and you know i mentioned this on the, the discord my hot take on elden ring is that elden ring is the D D game you think everybody else is playing huh. and i want to explain that a little bit more <laughs> by saying that there's a lot of like going into dungeons and just clearing out the dungeon beating the boss getting the treasure and then coming back out yeah and it's it, it happens quite a bit and it's super fun and it's like it's a great part of that game and i think you and i have talked about how like it's a really great part of the game but it's also like we're to the point where we don't really want to do that as much <laughs> we want to go and do the other stuff uh-huh but I think it's like it's the sort of thing that like when you hear about D and D, you're like, oh, this is what this is what people are doing, right? They're just they're going into a dungeon, mm. they're clearing it out, they're getting treasure, they're coming out, like those sorts of things. Um, yeah, and I think it, it replicates that that sort of idea of D and D better than any other game that I've played huh. played before. That's my long winded explanation for the hot take. Uh, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying that game a lot. I think there's also a lot of like fantasy nonsense in the game too, which you also everybody sort of assumes everybody else's D and D game has has a lot of this like fantasy nonsense that seems really esoteric and doesn't really connect but it does does sort of connect if you really spend a lot of time thinking about it yeah um when, the reality is i think that most D campaigns the gms need to vastly um take down the level of complexity in their stories and it's just it's more like you have one very bad guy who wants one thing and that's about all your players can keep track of yeah <laughs> over well, time so. you know elden ring like the dark souls games and bloodborne and stuff before it i mean they do have very complex and convoluted backstories and characters and if you go you know on youtube or, or just google you see people doing these incredible deep dives and they're not just making stuff up that stuff all of that info back, back about the backstory it's all in the games however you can play through the game like legitimately and not get any of it uh and yeah. and, and love the game and, and never engage with anything beyond the most immediately surface level story elements that are going on and yeah you know it works well because if you're the sort of person that needs that really complex fantasy backstory it's there for you and you've got to work Mm -hmm. for it and it'll be really rewarding when you dig it up but if you're not and probably most people are not they just want to know who the bad guy is and maybe a couple of reasons why they need to be stopped and that's it the games operate equally well in that level too yeah Okay, well, I, I promise we wouldn't turn into an Elden Ring podcast, but we accidentally did for a little bit, so I apologize to you. <laughs> All right, well, we have uh, we've avoided the topic at hand, I think, a little bit too long because I actually really like this question and I um, I want to have plenty of time to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, Peter Dillman came on. Uh, he did a uh, Kickstarter recently for Dillman's Dungeon, which is a uh, like an Air D and D, I think, is the the name that he gave it. This is like a, a place you can rent out to actually that's specifically designed for running your own own games for like a weekend or something like that. So it's super cool. He was successful with his funding. So that's going to get, um, I think they're going to open up pretty soon. Um, so you can go check them out if you want to. But he, uh, so he came on and he left us with this really great topic of making an interesting shop. 
I made a joke sort of earlier about like, oh, like Costco. Um, and the <laughs> thinking about that joke, like, like Costco is, is not an interesting shop because Costco just has sort of everything that you need, I think. Um, so this is my, my opening statement is that interesting shops do not have everything available um to you in them i think that they have uh they have a more discreet list of items in them than absolutely anything that you want so i guess what would what's your reaction to that no i i totally agree i think that's a very good Mm -hmm. statement let me back us up even a tiny bit more and i Mm -hmm. i find it for myself when we talk about these things it's a lot of these design challenges are like design an interesting fill in the blank and lurking behind that challenge is the fact that a lot of these things are not interesting. Yes. What makes a shop not interesting? So a shop that has everything you need is not interesting. Mm-hmm. Like what else, what else makes this something that is not fun in RPGs? And, you know, I, we, we've had one or two episodes way back in the past about shopping in RPGs. And I think the consensus is it's a, it's a real red flag. It can be a real red flag of like you're entering into the boring zone. Uh, yeah. It doesn't need to be, but why, why are shops not interesting? Yeah, I think uh, anything that feels like it could be a, a chain, right? So, like, you have, I don't know, like, the, the, the Sword Coast Quickie Mart. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, anything that could be could be construed as that. So, like, something that has no no personality outside of the personality that all, all of the stores have necessarily, right? So, there's, there's comfort in that for us in real life who just, like, you need to get milk. Like, Kroger already, already like, has it in a specific spot. That's great, right? Like, you want that. But I think, yeah, for me, your interesting shop is um, something that feels unique, has a little bit of personality, and I think is run by an entity that is also fun to interact with. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so I, I say entity in a very, very specific, specific sense, right? Like it's like this could be a person, it could be an automated shop in some way. Like there could just be like a like there's some sort of magical void that you throw money into and <laughs> and your items come out, right? Like there has to be like the way in which you purchase stuff or ask for items and stuff i think has to be uh has to be fun and memorable okay i think that's a good way to lay it out i was gonna say there's okay. probably also times though when you're like i look i just want to buy a sword i don't want to like 20 oh, yeah. role-playing experience uh <laughs> yes. with the quirky shop owner yeah okay let, let's assume that wherever the shop is the shop next door is like the costco equivalent <laughs> right so you can get all the standard items right like you don't have to worry about that like if yeah. you want a bag of ball bearings they have that they have 50 feet of rope they have you know standard sword that that sort of stuff so this shop is going to be something that has has something extra in it okay so what does the shop sell? That's a good question. Um, let's do our standard thing. Let's kind of pick a, a genre of some sort that this is going to exist in. Okay. I am thinking of Call of Cthulhu. I don't know why. So maybe we're setting this in like 1920s Americana. <laughs> is that Does that work for you or you want to do something different? Yeah, well, let's, let's do that. I like stepping outside of the D&D style fantasy that has uh, yeah. defined a couple of our past episodes. Yeah, so let's do that. So it's like 1920s, um, you know, somewhere somewhere in America. I have a couple ideas, and I can just kind of rapid fire throw them out. Yeah. But do you, do you have anything else that you want to Why don't add you to start that? by tossing out your ideas? And not like toss them out, although we may wind up having to toss them out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just, I'll delicately place them, and you pick them up and just chuck them out the window, <laughs> and we will, <laughs> we'll keep going. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe something that's like a little bit more occult-oriented. Um, so the thing okay. that I always like about those, those sort of settings is, is that like is secret knowledge. I'm also thinking about like a shop that only exists at a certain time, hmm. like in a certain time frame um, and space. I also think I want the shop to have a, a proprietor. 
not necessarily human, but like some sort of like humanoid <laughs> proprietor. So I want to just throw out that the shop could sell services as well as Ooh. objects. Okay. I don't have anything in part- particular in mind. Your typical like kind of Call of Cthulhu style weird shop is going to be some sort of antique books shop. What can we do that's not the antique and culty bookstore that still fits into the that, that genre or vibe? What if it's not antiques? Like what if it's new? Hmm. Like the shop is not trafficking in like ancient knowledge, but it's like, like someone's got to write the book the first time. Like what if it's just full of like first edition books that like no one's quite sure the importance of them quite yet do you know what i'm saying like so like this is like where you know you're you're some like occult expert in 1920s you've just written your your thesis and it's like well i mean i gotta get some money for this so you sell it to you sell it to this guy for a thousand dollars and then they turn around um, and sell it for more like fringe modern bookshop maybe that's not as fun no 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 <laughs> let's, let's keep going. so here's i'm gonna okay. also throw out some ideas what if like it's such a staple of the genre that all of these books are like there's only a handful of copies of them in the world because mm-hmm. they most of them were lost or banned or whatever you know what mm-hmm. if this shop had something to do with being able to get access to books that have been destroyed or or were lost? Oh, that's interesting. The last copy was destroyed 500 years ago, but we might have it on our shelf somehow. Okay. All right. So, yeah, what if it is like any time a book like any time a book is destroyed, it somehow ends up here? Oh, interesting. Okay. Like yeah, so they have, I mean, if it was modern times, right, they have like 10 billion copies of Harry Potter, <laughs> the Deathly Hollows, you know, in the back, but they also have like the one copy of, um, yeah, like Cthulhu's cookbook <laughs> that was destroyed a thousand years ago. I like the idea that it's not just like an occult bookshop. Any book that was has been lost mm-hmm. can be in the shelves. It's almost like the um, oh, the Infinite Library. Who wrote that? Borges. Um, yeah, Borges. Like it's like that, but it's for yeah, for like any book that's ever been you know destroyed. <laughs> or like, or like there's um individual pages from books that like someone like if someone like has ripped out a page of a book and like burned it, there's like individual pages there. There's like a whole whole section that's like coffee stains. <laughs> oh, <laughs> coffee wow. stain books. Okay, I'm intrigued at the pieces of books element. Just having the copy of the book there seem doesn't seem as exciting to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm intrigued by like the pages. Like we have a we have a page from every book that yeah. has been just de- de- lost or destroyed. I don't know. Okay, I like th- that's yeah. This is a fun idea. Yeah. So it's every yeah. Like so, anytime in history, a page of a book has been destroyed or a portion of a book has been destroyed, some temporal magic nonsense happens <laughs> and it ends up in this place. We should probably come up with like a, a somewhat plausible. I don't know, not a plausible an explanation for why that is. So the PCs need to be able to get something they can use from this shop. So yeah. one page from like the Necronomicon is interesting, but like that's not dependably useful, I guess. How could it be? How could we angle it a little bit so that it can be something that PCs like benefit a little bit more concretely from purchasing? And later on, I want to talk about this later, but we need to talk about like what's the what is the price you pay for these books? You know, like what's the cur- what's the <laughs> oh it is a grave price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's the currency uh, uh, or the yeah. the cost? Yeah. Anyway, I like this like pages or pieces of books, but how can they make it a little bit more useful to the PCs that they would actually plunk down their hard earned cash mm-hmm. or sell their soul or whatever? 
Yeah, I think there is, that might be kind of left up to the GM to, to come up with an actual hook for it. But I mean, I think the way that you approach this is that they find a book that has the first half of a spell. And then you like the second half of it is torn out or burned. Okay. Like there's like a, you know, burn edges on it. Or you even start them in, pick anything that could have been in the Library of Alexandria, for example. Okay, yeah. It's like all that's there. Or like has the potential to be there if you get there first, right? So then there's a time pressure too. Oh, to find that's this interesting. Place. Do the PCs know, and do they have to know in advance? Like, I want page fifty-one from the Necronomicon, or do they just be mm-hmm. like, I want your page that you have from the Necronomicon? This is a good. Let's bring in that proprietor. Okay. So I guess how would that proprietor? How would they act in this in this space? So I think they're going to have to be some somewhat supernatural or. I mean, maybe it's just like run like a used bookshop. Like yeah. right? there's there's people that work at this place. You know, so if you have a potential, potentially like, you know, tens of millions, if not infinite number of pages and stuff, like how would you catalog that? Or how would you like fulfill requests? I think they would say like, you're gonna have to do way better than that page of the Necro- Necro- Necronomicon that, that we have. Like I have 10 copies of stuff that people have said is the Necronomicon and like none of them actually are. Like, how am I supposed to tell? Unless it's just like a magical, like they they know where everything is. I'm drawn to the idea of the proprietor in general being like a down to earth, I'm running a business here person yeah. and not a kindly old guy who knows yeah. exactly what bookshelf your thing is on. You know, it's very business like and practical in their approach and doesn't maybe doesn't have a lot of time for the nonsense of all of the weirdos that keep coming into the shop. <laughs> they'd rather be a manager at a costco but this is their lot (laughs) yes so what would that do you want that person to be immortal or supernatural or is this someone who is like very much just you know human and has taken it over from like their parents or something i'm leaning towards the latter because the idea we have of this shop is very supernatural already and Mm -hmm. i wonder if making other aspects of it more mundane feeling uh, might help a little bit. And also okay. like a blatantly, like I'm a magic immortal with like elf who runs a magic bookshop would not fit yeah. into most call of Cthulhu style games. So maybe they're like, I'm sure there's a, like, you know, some sort of God of ultimate knowledge or something like that. Like, so maybe this is uh, like it, acolytes of this, this God end up, you know, running the shop like this is just sort of like one of the one of the things that they can do as, as part of their service. So I think there's probably going to be like that person and then maybe like a couple of like other workers in there, mm-hmm. just like other people that can work and, and do stuff, you know, run errands and also be sort of the next person to take over. OK, so that proprietor, are they like, let's give them a couple descriptions, I guess. Um, right. So you said like business like maybe just the nuance there is they don't have they don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so like whenever you talk to them, like they don't have time for you. Like what I'm kind of picturing is like, you know how when you you go to like a new city you haven't been to before and you're trying to use their public transportation system. Yeah. And the bus or the train driver doesn't have time to teach you how to use how to use it, you know, and like that awful feeling of like trying to figure it out. Either the bus driver is looking at you expectantly at waiting for correct change, but you don't know how much change it is and what denominations (laughs) their little machine takes and stuff. So that sort of like slight exasperation if you if you don't know what's uh, going on maybe even when the players hear of this shop beforehand like they're given a list of rules about like how they're supposed to interact there and it turns out that all of them are just like subtly wrong in some way <laughs> yeah. yeah so it is like like don't look at the guy in the eye yeah like you're not supposed to look at him in the eye like because that's what the code says and like you get there and he's like why are you like 
like look at me <laughs> like, yes know? yeah just say there's this is a little bit of tangent well it is a total okay. tangent one of my wife and i's favorite uh restaurants is this cheapo breakfast place in hyde park chicago mm. it's called valois and it's a wonderful place but you you have to get in line and like the world's crankiest looking cooks are sitting behind the counter like waiting for you to deliver your order like they if you have questions about like what ingredients are in this like you're in the wrong place you're supposed to figure that out like before you got up to the line and even though there's no way to figure it out <laughs> uh, sorry for the tangent so i okay. i like that Maybe you have to be kind of part of a special clientele to get access to this collection mm-hmm. of lost pages or whatever. And yeah. there's a certain there's rules for communicating to the person that like, I'm not here just to buy the new Tom Clancy novel and, and I need access to your elite collection. I think, yeah, that's, I think that's really good. Yes, yeah, so I think the proprietor, I think I understand who they are somewhat, you know, like so the GM can skin, skin them however they, yeah. they really need to. But I think that like, yeah, getting those core things of like, there are rules. Why don't you understand them? I'm a busy, busy person, even though it's like they're busy cataloging. They're not busy with like people coming in and out all the time. Cause I think we need to define how do you get to the shop? <laughs> um, and so one idea I have is that like to get to the shop, you have to give something to the shop of value, right? So like you have to, like, if you have the Necronomicon, you're looking for page 52, you have to give up page 53. You have to burn page 53. I had the exact thought that like for okay. every page you get, you have to tear a page out of a, a beloved book that you own. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting if you have to provide another page from the work from the same work you want the same work or like equal or lesser value yeah. <laughs> right like but like maybe it's like more so if you if you want one page you have to give up two and it has to be from the thing that's most important to you right like if like if the thing you need is the most important thing you have to give up the most important thing if the thing that you need is like not that important you have to give something that's like not that important but it's always got to be like a little bit more than what you want yeah so they have have stuff coming in. So do you find the shop then by like burning those pages or do you, is the shop there, you walk in and you have to hand those pages to them? Like what's the, what's the mechanism? You know, I am a sucker for the shop exists, you know, slightly outside of regular reality and you have to mm-hmm. walk down the alleys and turn at specific points in and backtrack and then the shop is there you know i'm kind of yeah. a sucker for that sort of thing yeah what would be what's fun like so i think that like, yeah, so like backtracking and stuff like what's a fun way for the the actual entrance that to, to appear to happen do they have to like go in go like in and out of a shop like three times yeah like <laughs> or something? yes yeah so it's like you do this complicated thing and then you have to go into this bookstore like you have to like fully enter, you have to like greet someone, leave, go back and greet the same person. They get like increasingly angry. And then the third time you come in, <laughs> then it's like a, a different place. Let's have a list of, of weird things that you have to go in. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. first time you go in, you have to greet the first the first uh, male that you see on the left side of the store. And you have to ask him yeah. a que- like a very specific question. Then you have to leave. Yeah. And then you have to come back in and then you have to go, I don't know, you have to go find a specific book and take it off the shelf and put it back in upside down. And then you have to leave again. And then you have to go back in. I think GMs could come up with some really fun rule, <laughs> fun rules. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be good. And too, if it's, um, if there are rules that like bl- break social norms enough, I think it'd be fun if it's like the person in this actual bookstore is just like 
what are you doing? Yes. Like, why do why do people keep coming in here and doing this and then leaving and then I never see them ever again? I mean, at least for me, I find I find joy in those sorts of like challenges as a GM of like, yeah, like you're having to break social norms or like someone's clearly exasperated with you, but like you have this goal that involves getting past their exasperation. Yep. Like because I think you you get to like do a small test of the the player's ability to sort of see see the thing through. Yeah. Right. Like it's not just like they're gonna randomly stumble on this. They really have to push. If we are going to have a shop that's worth visiting, I like the idea of kind of making a little bit of a challenge. I I think mm-hmm. it would be a fun adventure to hear about this shop and then yeah. have to figure out where it is and then and what those rules are. I that's like one mm-hmm. or two great adventures right there and haven't yeah. even gotten to the shop yet. What is uh so like one one other idea I had, maybe this is like too too complicated. The shop also appears whenever there's a great fire at a library huh. or something like that. Like there like the shop will like you can enter in that way in like sort of the normal way. But then maybe like yeah, it also appears whenever there's a great fire at a library or a bookstore. You know, some place where a lot of like knowledge gets consumed very quickly there's also like echoes of that shop yeah. that show up like maybe it's like echoes of the people like coming to collect <laughs> collect stuff there's some sort of like yeah collection mechanism something like that because like if it if it's too like somewhat random in order to stumble on this place in the first time i think there has to be some sort of in-game mythology for like how did the first person figure out i like that and the pcs could could track sightings of the of the shop or, or whatever i don't know i think yeah. that you could do some interesting stuff with that yeah, if there was like some sort of fire in in game, and then like yeah, one PC notices off in the distance. There's like there's like this building that sort of is like through the flames <laughs> that has shown up, and then as soon as the fire goes out, like the building disappears. Oh yeah, um, yeah, you could like seed it in there. I mean, at some point in a campaign, anytime some destruction is happening that would involve the destruction of books, like you could just mm-hmm. plant a weird site a, a sighting of a weird person or the shop or something like that going through the wreckage or i don't know or i don't know and then later you could circle back and yeah maybe instead of the yeah maybe it's um the like yeah the people who work at the shop too right it's like so you have them in the fire actually like collecting pages or something like that if anybody approaches them to like ask them what they're doing like the person will just like hand them a card right oh. like that's that's how they find it you know what the pieces are going to do they're going to burn down a library to like lure <laughs> the, the shopkeeper <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are but you know that's fine they've already burned down a warehouse yesterday so why not a library today what if the best way to get access to learn about all the latest rules to get into the shop is to create destruction that destruction of books that lures uh although if you make your base your campaign around book burning you get into some trouble yeah that's, trouble uh, that's a dangerous <laughs> anyway yeah but i mean you get them back right, right. Like you, you can get them back <laughs> later Okay, so I like this. So we have we have this this shop that sells like the destroyed pages from from various from all books, yeah. right? So it's run by this like cantankerous business like person uh, who doesn't have time for you. Uh, they collect stuff by any time it's burned, it you know goes there. You can find out knowledge of it by like yeah, anytime there's a great fire or something like that of books, like they show up. Okay, so like we, the only thing we haven't, I think, one hundred percent settled on is like payment, right? Yeah. So like the there was the idea of maybe you have to give give a couple pages that are important to you. That feels maybe too transactional. Is there some other other mechanism that they could pay with, or maybe they don't have to pay? Maybe it's just like, well, you know, we've collected this so someone can get it back, like so you can just come and get it if you want it. Yeah, that's a good question. So I mean, I do like the the symmetry of if you want a page, you have to give a page, and 
the value of the page that you give to the shop increases the odds you'll get a really good juicy page from the book mm-hmm. you want, right? I do like that. Yeah. But I wonder if like you if you are not willing or you're unable to share a valuable page, maybe there's like a service you can provide to the shop. Whatever. If you can't pay at a restaurant, they make you wash dishes, you know, at least in the yeah. movies. So what would a bookstore like this have you do? What service would be like payment if you just don't have any valuable books and you need a page? Okay, this is maybe a little too high concept, but I'm going to channel like Kyle Latino here. Like what if there is in the back, in the back room, like there, <laughs> there are people that like eat pages of books that should never be shared again? <laughs> right you know it's like whatever because there's like some sort of god that they're running the shot for right so there's there's going to be books that like are blasphemous in the back like if you if you don't have a way to pay like one way to pay is to like yeah eat eat some of these blasphemous pages to like take them out of the universe oh interesting yeah uh so i really like it that would Mm -hmm. be a a little bit of a problem in like a call of cthulhu game because the pcs are probably looking for a blasphemous text Uh, yes no, I actually think this is a great like hook is like, are you actually going to, are you going to risk never being able to come back here ever again to get that one page yeah. that's blasphemous? Or... And if you're eating like a blasphemous page, the GM should have a great time inflicting uh, consequences on your PC's yeah. like health and, and well-being. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> because chugging down a piece of Necronomicon cannot be good for your <laughs> probably body not. or your not advisable okay i really yeah. like that and yeah i kind of like that the proprietor might have a quirky definition also of what's a blasphemous book that needs to be taken out of the time stream yeah oh for sure okay i like that i think that is a that is an interesting job <laughs> i would say so yeah i think like, as you said i mean the it's almost like the more interesting the shop is the more game time is going to get devoted to it yeah in some way yeah, because like I mean, I think you're gonna have a couple of sessions of of lead up to that shop, probably a session itself in the shop, and then they might return. They might do something to where they're never admitted ever again. You know, there's there's lots of different ways that could go. Yeah, well, think about the way this has kind of shaped out as we've discussed it. The mm-hmm. shop kind of becomes uninteresting when you finally get to the point where you're just buying something. But there is a ton of story ideas in getting to the point of being in the shop to buy something. You could have a blast having the PCs learn about and track down the shop. And after that, Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't really focus on it too much because a repeat trip to it would, once they know how to get there and what the rules are, that's just a matter of like, sure, you do it. You you find the shop again and you you buy a new Mm -hmm. page and you pay your price, you know. So one thing I like about this also, though, is that um, I think it does translate across genres pretty well. Like, I think... Mm -hmm. In a fantasy setting, this could be probably spell books from famous magicians mm-hmm. or wizards or whatever. And you've and in D D there's kind of a maybe more immediate price of handing over spells from your tearing out pages from your spell book to get pages yes. from a famous wizard's lost spell book, right? That's kind of cool. Yeah. But you know, even yeah. in a sci-fi thing, it could be, you know, hacking. They can uh, dig up info about anything, but you have to provide mm-hmm. info of equal value or something like that. I don't know. I think there's oh, a lot yeah. of different there's like, there's like, Yeah, memory memory chips, right? It's just like a bunch of memory chips. Yes. <laughs> yes. One other thing that I was thinking about, too, is like, you know, for the players, I think this could give you some other like interesting mechanics to play with. 
Like, so if you are in a situation where someone is trying to take a book that's really important to you and like you're, you're on the run, you could burn it while you're on the run and then go back to the place later oh, and it's there, Interesting. you know? So like you, you have to pay the price ready to get it back at that point, but like you've been able to take it out of, um, out of the situation. And then it's like, well, then who else knows about this place? Who's gotten there before you? Who's going to come after you? Like all this sort of stuff, you know, especially if you have to give up some pages that are important to you. It's like, well, now those are on the open market. Like, yes. is that a bad thing? That like, are you going to stay one step ahead of whoever is chasing you? Um, if you're, you're giving them like super important knowledge for the, the knowledge you need to take the next step. So, well, I think to sum up, we have mm-hmm. some great story hooks centered around this shop. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. If you use a shop like this in your game, we'd love to hear about it and to hear how you tweaked it to fit whatever you're doing. Yeah, and also, um, so I'm going to throw this out there. Like, So I don't think we should do this on air. If you have a good name for this shop, let us know. So you know, shoot us an email, drop a note on Discord or something like that. I think this, this place needs a, a really quirky cool name that's really going to stick in the players minds right that they can they can hear about this place and then uh like have to find it okay all right well i think we should wrap up there yep. um this has been a super fun conversation uh yeah <laughs> thanks andy um i like this one yeah this was a good uh, this is a good one thank you peter for pitching us this design challenge yes yeah so good well i've been chris salzman i've been andy Rao. and remember if your players having fun you're a great gm 